Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 121. Wait. We go. McDonald's. Why sell a double quarter pounder? It's called half pounder. Makes Boom. no sense. Makes no sense. Anyway, folks, I'm your host at Michael J. Putty with me this week. Not alone. Got some company. Got a Febreza studio. Aired out a little bit. You heard him last week adding his two cents. Jeff Vacant's here. Vacant, how you been, buddy? I'm good. I'm glad I, you know, uh, glad that I had a very brief hiatus of one week. Yeah. You know, rested up nicely. Feeling good. Good job. Glad I'm here. Good job on your videos. You follow us on our social medias. You saw our BCW Live videos. That was all Jeff Bacon here. Thank you, thank you. No, I try to do my job, you know, try to get, you know, our brand out there. Also trying to help out our uh, people that sponsor us, you know, BCW, Brief Combination Wrestling. Put up a good show last week. I highly enjoyed it, by the way. I mean, somebody has to. Green Man left me high and dry. To, to reach Hollywood, yeah, big time. Green Man, Green Man, you know, he, he's, he's not humble anymore. I don't, I don't understand. You got to gr- work from the ground up. You know, you know why he's not here? Because his head won't fit to the door. No, but um, uh, But Jeff, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, thank you. Uh, before we get into the show, let's go to our wrestling replay this week. Jeff picked it out himself. Survivor Series, November 14th, 1999. Very good show. Emanating from the Joe Louis Arena from Detroit, Michigan. Now, this show is best known for the debut of... Kurt Angle. Let's get to the card right quick. D'Lo Brown, the godfather of the Headbangers, defeated the Acolytes, the Dully Boys, and in a foreign force of Survivor Series elimination match in only 9 minutes, 36 seconds. The debuting Kurt Angle defeated... Jeff's favorite, Sean Stasiak, at 5 minutes, 57 seconds. I liked him as meat, by the way. It was great. Gangrel, Mark Henry, <laughs> Steve Blackman, Val Venus defeated the British Bulldog, and one of my favorites, the Mean Street Posse, in a 4-4 four four Survivor Series match in 9 minutes, 8 seconds. Deborah, the fabulous Moolah, Mae Young, Tori defeated Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna, and Terry in an 8-woman tag match in 1 minute and 50 seconds. How times have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they get 10 times the amount of time. <laughs> and headline <laughs> Kane defeated Xbox via disqualification in 4 minutes, 15 seconds. Big Show defeated Big Boss Man Midian and Prince Albert and, and Viscera in a 1 and 4 Survivor Series match in 1 minute, 26 seconds. Another disgusting fact. China <laughs> defeated Chris Jericho to retain the Intercontinental Championship in 13 minutes, 34 seconds. That's an interesting statistic, too. This is a few weeks removed from the infamous Jeff Jarrett leaving WWE and going the next night to WCW. My man Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. yeah. The Hollies, Too Cool, defeated Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys in a 4-4 four four Survivor Series match at 14 minutes, 27 seconds. The New Age Outlaws defeated Al Snow and Mankind to retain the Tag Team Championship in 13 minutes, 59 seconds. And Big Show came back to defeat Triple H and The Rock to win the WWE Championship in 16 minutes, 13 seconds. So overall, seemed like a good show, top to bottom, except those one-minute matches. But uh, This was also the, uh, the show where Austin was run over by a Lincoln... Was it? Yeah. Oh, snap. And we didn't know for a year that it was actually Rikishi because he spoiler, did it. Spoiler alert. He did it for The Rock. Remember that stupid thing? Yeah, it was. I don't know. It, 
I don't know. It went nowhere. Rikishi, too, right? it, it didn't really go very well for Rikishi. I didn't. It wasn't believable to me him being a heel. This guy who was in too cool, dancing his ass off, and all of a sudden he's this you know demonic guy who would take over you know Triple H's orders. I don't know. Yeah, what nowhere fast. He did nothing from that. He did nothing because it was really a Triple H storyline. Yeah. So it really did not matter whether I Triple H should have run him over for all I care. But on here we see uh, Tim White Tim dancing White. with Godfather, Dilo <laughs> Brown with the Ho Train. Ho Train can't exist nowadays. They can't. It wouldn't work in this day. I mean, you can't. If the Godfather were to return for a one night only thing, you know, you expect, you know, the Godfather and the whole trench, just like sure. you expect, you know, your marshmallows and your lucky charms. Yeah. So I don't think that it would work in this day and age. I mean, you can basically have like gorgeous women with him. You can't call them hoes, but who what, can't call them hoes? They can't dress like this. Yeah, you can't dress them like that. And it would diminish this women's movement right now, the women's uh, evolution. We briefly mentioned it on top of the show. Uh, BCW presented Summer on Smash last week. Overall, not that bad of a show. It was a great show. Top to bottom, top it was bottom. a great show. I highly enjoyed myself, and you can tell when I'm enjoying myself, when I'm having a few drinks and just scream. I yelled, I love you, Mercedes Martinez. I mean, you know, that's we- how much fun I was having. <laughs> the fact that BCW was able to get two stars that were in the May Young Classic was a great job on their part. I congratulate them. Darius Carter put on a good show. Overall, top to bottom, an amazing show. It's just... I, I I think I believe that people should really invest the this independent uh, promotion. They're really good. Um, for those who are um, who have probably seen their videos or our videos on Instagram, you know you should definitely go to a show in July, which is in the Bronx, I believe. Red, white, and bruised, July thirteenth. Yeah, they're living queens going to the Bronx. It sucks for me. I'm not gonna pay a toll two ways. <laughs> Fuck the Bronx. Bronx <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> Hopefully, your fiance's not listening because I fell in love. With Santara Garrett, I, but you did as well with with Mercedes Martinez. I don't, Mercedes to me, it, it was weird. Like the camera doesn't do her justice; it really does. So I, I remember I when I first saw her, I remember turning around, I, whatever. I was getting a drink or something, and I, I don't know, I was in awe. I was in absolute awe the way you were in awe of Santana Garrett. I think you and I were just wow. like, you know what? You said dibs, I said dibs, and yeah. like our heads, and we were just good. We ran with it. It yeah. was, it was good. I think Ali Rex and Santana Garrett was one of the match of the nights. Very good match. Darius Carter versus Mercedes Martinez, another match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, once again, listening back to episode 120, we covered it top to bottom. It was a shitty and controversial ending. It still makes no sense to me. It didn't. But, I mean, overall, I think the the entire mid-card made up for the fact that, you know, that the ending was shitty. You, I didn't go home thinking, okay, you know, this the, the, the show ended in a bad note. I thought about how, you know, a woman like Mercedes Martinez was able to, you know, go over on Darius Carter. I thought of how Ali Rex uh, went over on Santana Garrett and they put on such a great match and then they had good sportsmanship with each other. That's what I thought about coming out of the night when I said my goodbyes and, you know, and, and everything. I thought about how, you know, Mike Orlando went through a table, landed on his head, glad he's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, these dudes just put everything yep. on the line for, you know, hundreds of us that were there. I mean... This is the second show in a row. Mike Orlando's got hurt. Yeah. Doing this big spot. In and the- you know what? And... and, and He's a tough dude, man. I yep. got to give him a lot of props, man. A lot of props. Well, after the show, your boys here at a shot of wrestling hosted the after party. Everyone's rocking out to some karaoke. You missed a good time. I did. I had I had other business to attend to, but I... everyone was hanging out, drinks were flowing, had a good time. Darius Carter was in the corner striking out with another woman, <laughs> like he often does. I mean, it must be hard to pick up a woman when you just got emasculated by getting your ass beat by another woman. That takes a lot of balls. Yeah, and, and like I put, like I said on the show, his balls were deflated yeah. after kicking that. You know, ironically, he kicked a, a beach ball. Next time BCW comes to you, July 13th, 
from the stupid fucking Bronx. Red, white, and bruised. Looking forward to it, man. I I'm looking forward to it. I you know and you know everybody should support indie wrestling. Support your local shows wherever it is that you're listening to us. Indie wrestling, I N D I E or I N D Y. I spell it both ways. So do I? Because yeah. I can't fucking figure it out. Yeah, I can't figure it out. At this point, you get the you get the point, guys. You get the point. Well, afterwards, that Saturday night, like like I talked about, was House of Glory temperature rising here in Queens with Jeff Jarrett. I heard it was absolutely phenomenal. Here I am on my couch relaxing. Last time I went to see Bret Hart, you got that. There's a long line to get in. Right. Not only to see him, but get into the show. Mm-hmm. Look, let me let me try to go as late as possible. Don't wait, wait online. So when I get in there, I'm going to have the Jeff Jarrett line. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm on my couch. I see the time. I'm watching Gotham. Mm-hmm. Season finale of Gotham. It's around 5, 10, 5, 15. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I should start. Let me finish the show. The show's almost over. Let me get ready. I'll probably be there. Hopefully around 6.30. Man, bell time was at 6. Meet and greet was 4 to 6. Here I am, 5.20. Fuck. <laughs> I have to fucking schlep out to fucking bust my ass over to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Watch me miss meeting Jeff Jarrett. Right. right. So take the quick shower ever taken. Jump into some fucking clothes. Schlep out there. Mind you, I had time to do some couple shots. Mm-hmm. Got myself a Red Bull vodka for the train, um, for the cab ride. Get there just in time. Mm-hmm. Man, Jeff Jarrett's there. Right? One of my all-time idols, Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Finally paid, my, paid for the photo, paid for the autograph. I had a little conversation with him, changed some stories. Told him I made him as a kid. Okay. He's like, oh, Yeah, look. I saw your picture. Yeah. yeah. Got a couple of pictures. Look horrible in every picture. I had to crop it out big time. Right. This guy sucked. But what do I say to the left? Autograph Jeff Jarrett guitar. Oh. Global Force Wrestling guitar by Jeff Jarrett himself. Raffling it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was $10 for 20 tickets. Okay. $20 for 50 tickets. Not a bad bargain. Right. Okay. Yeah, all right. I did a couple shots. The Rebel Vodka's in me. I'm like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Liquid Courage. Give the guy a 20. Give me 10 back. He starts counting my tickets. He goes past 20. Starts counting 50 tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. The guy thought I wanted 50 tickets. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Whatever. It's my boy Jeff. Let me do it. Get my tickets. Get a drink. Find my seat. Join the show. The announcer goes, oh, uh, after this match, we're doing the raffle for the guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going through a lot. A lot of shit lately. You know, I, this guitar would make me happy. You need a win. Yeah, I need a Thank you. I yeah. need a win. Right. I need a win big time, and this is my win. Right. So I'm like, all right. Because there's not that lot of Jeff Jarrett fans there. The line mm-hmm. wasn't that long for him. But like, where, where, where would I put it? So I'm get my tickets ready. The guy shorted me three tickets. Okay. They only give me 47 tickets. Do I got ripped off, damn it. Do I go to complain? What do I do? Do I just suck it up? Be a man? Like, what if the ticket that wins is one of my tickets? Right. Well, my other guy walks right by me. Uh, excuse me, he showed me tickets. He's like, oh, yeah? The guy was a fucking asshole. He's still like a stoner. <laughs> okay. Right? Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, you showed me three tickets. He gives me four. Okay. Man, this guy just can't do math. I don't know. Maybe he sucks accounting or just trying to comp. Okay. So the raffle goes off. I'm all excited. I'm like, pumped up. I know where exactly where I'm going to put the guitar. I need this win. I lose. All right. Man, another fucking loss in Putty's column. Okay. The guy goes, those of you lost, Jeff Jarrett is selling one extra guitar. Ooh. All right, now I have several shots. I had a Rebel Vodka. I had like two <laughs> drinks in. I'm like, fuck yeah. Don't let me fucking stuff out how much. I know it's going to be an exorbitant amount of money. Mm-hmm. I can't afford that. Guys, listen to episode 120, my intro chat. You told me I can't even afford to replace my blinker on my car. Mm-hmm. How the fuck am I going to get an autographed guitar? Mm-hmm. He goes back to his table with the winner. Gloating, asshole. All I got is guitar. I have a brief conversation. I go up to the guy, one of his handlers, the guy who sh- took the shitty pictures. Right. How much for the um? How much for the guitar? Uh, I don't know. Let me find out. He goes back to me. He goes one fifty. That's decent. A lot lower than I thought it was going to be. Right. I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, thanks, no problem, appreciate it. But I heard myself saying out loud, "Does he take credit cards?" <laughs> that, that's, not what I, I want, that's, that's not what I wanted to say. That's not what I wanted to say. The alcohol was. Just- <laughs> yeah. He comes back. No, no, it's only cash only. 
I'm like, all right, thanks, appreciate it. Walk back to my seat. Mm-hmm. Thanking God. All right, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was your second loss of the night. So I'm sitting on the edge of the, of the room by myself and uh, enjoying my drink, enjoying the match, enjoying the nonstop action of House of Glory. My periphery. See Jeff Jarrett walking around. He's getting closer. Look over. He's walking towards me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. He goes, "Hey man, do you got the plastic?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." And he starts, "Oh man, I'm so sorry. You know, I feel so bad about this. My wife Karen always has that little card, that little card reader for your like phone. The square. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, man, it's, it's a great invention. She's not here. I don't have it with me. I'm, I'm just so, so sorry. Uh, I feel bad about this. I just, I'm sorry. Like, apologizing nonstop. Okay. Jeff Jarrett, Hall of Famer, is apologizing to me. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't worry about it. We got a handshake. Don't, don't worry about it. I understand. It's cool. Don't worry about it. In the back of my mind, I'm like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Go back to the action in the ring. See Jeff Jarrett still my periphery walking around because mm-hmm. other people are selling their merch as well. Okay. So I see him talking to uh, TJ Marconi and somebody else in my periphery mm-hmm. walking around watching the action. And my periphery, all of a sudden, Jeff Jarrett's getting closer and closer and closer. Look back. He's walking towards me again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> What's this about now? Yeah, your hand's getting clammy yeah. now. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, you know, uh, talk to that guy over there. If you're serious, he's one of those card readers. He'll give me the cash if you want. No, I'm not fucking serious. But I can't say I'm not serious now because mm-hmm. he went through that trouble. Yeah, he came, to, he came up to you twice. Yeah. And find a way to make me happy. He cares about that fan. Yeah. I can't say no. At this point, no. My hands are tied. Yeah. I don't have any money to pay for this guy. Mm-hmm. TJ swipes the card, gives Jeff the money, and uh, I have a brief conversation with Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know Don West? Yeah, I know Don West. He goes, man, let me tell you a funny story about Don West. Swap my card, talk to TJ Marconi. So Don West was telling me, we're at a show. And this guy with his wife and two kids come up to me. He wants two guitars. Two guitars autographed. Okay. The guy only has 30 bucks in his pocket. I'm like, okay. So Don tells me, you know, yeah, just, just autograph two guitars for him. I'm like, what? He get, I'm looking at him like, what? what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. No, don't worry about it. Just Don, two guitars for this guy and his kids. Both kids want a guitar. He wants two guitars. I go to, that, I go to Don. I'm like, this guy only has 30 bucks in his pocket. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, I am worried about it. Don pulled out his phone. You know, he paid via credit card. He had the little, the little reader. Right. That's the first time I've ever heard about these things. It's the greatest invention in my life. Mm-hmm. Starts laughing his ass off about it because I guess it's a funny story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Don West, also the one who told him to sell guitars, he never thought it would work. Mm-hmm. Who wants a fucking guitar? Right. Apparently, fucking people do. It's a, it's a hot commodity when he does these signings. Well, it's a Jeff Jarrett guitar, the oh. guy who used to smack people over the head with it. So so now here I am, the Why proud owner work? of a fucking autographed, custom autographed guitar by Jeff Jarrett. Nowhere to put it. No place to put it, but it's fun to have. I can't play the guitar. It's out of tune as fuck. So if you play the guitar, dial it up, 619-343-3005. Elias, if we... Yeah, we, please. We, please. No, he'll break it. Can we, book, yeah. can we book Elias for this show? I want to tune this guitar. It has tune as fuck. Very flat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael J. Push. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> that was my story about Je- meeting Jeff Jarrett. No, I'm glad that happened to you. But let me ask you a question, though. Oh, you yeah. said that he was an icon of yours. Uh, yeah, one of my all-time favorites. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah. In a way, I can relate because... When I went to WrestleCon, I was yeah. nervous as hell just to take a picture with Stone Cold. Yep. And I remember going up to him. Well, at least as, as the line got closer to where he was, I got nervous. Because one of the things I always said is if I ever was going to spend money on a wrestler, and if it was going to be an exorbitant amount of money, it would mm-hmm. always be Stone Cold. Okay. And when the opportunity presented itself that this guy is going to do a signing, is going to do pictures and stuff, I turned to my fiance and I'm like... It's finally happening. <laughs> I have waited for this moment for years. That'd be a great feeling. So I finally bought it, and you know, I remember when we were in New Orleans. You know, my fiance was texting me saying, "You know, are you, you know, you're good." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good," because she knew how important this was for me. It's a good woman. So, um, 
you know, I was like, I'm okay. And I was sending her pictures of where I was online, even though I didn't have, I couldn't pick pictures, but whatever. I was excited. And I remember when I saw him, finally, I was, I was like, next in line. And I see this familiar face and bald head and whatever. And I'm like, next. And, you know, I, every, I kept thinking, what the hell do I say to this guy? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. this is the guy that like, taught me, like, you got to work hard. You, you're, you know, don't let people, you know, stomp over you. All this stuff. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, like, I have waited 20 years for this moment. All right, good one. That's a good one. And, like, to shake your hand and to do a one-finger salute. Yes. And he's like, hell yeah, son. You know, in his typical Texas accent, whatever. Nicest fucking guy ever. And if you see, there's a picture of me on my Instagram at WWE Vacant 316. I have this stupid-ass grin. And people kept asking me, was that you? Like, really? I'm like, listen, I was happy. Can't think that. I... I was happy. I'm like, this was it for me. Yep. So, like, having to shake the guy that I've looked up to for this was my childhood. Yep. So now I'm going on to 35 now. And when, when I first saw Austin, I was 15 years old. You know, I 20 years. I waited for that moment. So I'll ask you this. When you finally interacted with Jeff Jarrett, I mean, as an adult now. As an adult, did yeah. you feel? Never, did it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, you did it as a kid. But now, like, you know, that was lucky you. Like, I never yeah. got the, that interaction with Austin because he never did that stuff. Or too big, I too big, too big time. Or that. in my in my sense, I was too poor to do it at the time. Okay. So, did the kid inside you just like lit up again, or was it absolutely? Like, I it took me back to the flash of standing in hot line in the summer sun in front of that car dealership, right? Peeking through the window, right? Getting a glimpse of Jeff Jarrett and Deborah, right? And it, as you get closer and closer, you know, I'm a kid, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So now as an adult, right? I've met people before, people I admired, Teddy Biasi, one of my all-time faves, mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett now, Bret Hart. But yeah, as I'm getting in line, I'm like, all right, great, cool. Like, what do I say to him? Line's getting closer. I'm like, yeah. Now I'm getting like, now I'm fidgeting. Now I'm like bouncing back and forth, fidgeting, right. and like, yeah, it's ultimate. What do I say? I'm just holding nervous, and it's just that one instant to shake the man's hand mm-hmm. and say how big of a fan you are of him, how much you respect him, and admire him, and how much what impact you had on our lives. No matter who it is, no matter what fan you are, you get that moment. It's a, it's, it's priceless. I know. Yeah. I remember just leaving the building, leaving the, the Sheridan, I think that's where they were, and just, I was so excited. I You were in a high. I was high. I was like, yo, I'm ready. I'm re-. Like, that was a great start to WrestleMania. So moving on, fell in love with Santana Garrett at ECW. He fell in love with Mercedes Martinez. We had a good time with the eye candy that night. A lot of good time, but Mercedes Martinez was nice enough to come to our booth after the show, talk, talk about her match, how she felt about that night. But now it's time to get to know her on a different level. Mm-hmm. Green Man actually landed Mercedes Martinez for one of his interviews. You ruined it for me again, Green Man. Uh, I think you're, you're going to enjoy listening to this. I, I hope so. She goes a lot into personal detail, a lot about her life. So, Green Man, take it away. Right, Michael J. Putty, we have one of the biggest stars on the BCW card here with us from Summer on Smash, the Latin sensation, Mercedes Martinez. How are you? And welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my honor, my pleasure to do this for you guys. Um, I'm very excited to be here. And, you know, I'm just I'm doing great. 
Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Where obviously everybody wants to hear your thoughts, especially about the Mayon Classic, about your your 17 year plus career in the business. But I want to start a little bit from the beginning, from humble beginnings. Um, before you started training to become a professional wrestler, what was your life? Did you come from a big family? Um, was wrestling always something that you wanted to do? Well, wrestling wasn't something I, I wanted to do, to be honest. Um, I actually wanted to be, you know, a few things. Obviously, uh, I was into uh, playing basketball. I went to uh, college, actually, on a basketball scholarship. So I had a free ride to college wow. in a Division two private college. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Congratulations um, I come on that. From, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I came from a, a pretty big family. I'm one of five kids. Um, my mom's one of nine and my father's one of nine. My stepfather's one of nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's it's that say, Latin yeah. uh, culture. I feel like my, <laughs> my father is one of, uh, 11 and my mom is oh, one of man. eight. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big family. So family get together is like a block party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, coming from a big family and, you know, I'm not, rich or anything i come from a poor neighborhood and um you know hand-me-downs and stuff like that i was bullied when i was young so you know it was one of those things where i had three three brothers it was two older brothers then came me then came a younger brother mm-hmm. so i grew up with boys and stuff more of a tomboy and, and i just gravitated towards um any sports anything physically that i can get my hands on and um, basketball was the thing that got me, you know, into shape and got me out of the ghetto, I guess you can say, okay. um, and full ride. And then wrestling came out of nowhere, actually. You know, I've watched wrestling. It wasn't, you know, it was very entertaining. I watched Glow with my brothers and my uncles. Um, but it wasn't something that I thought that I can actually do professionally. It was something that, you know, you would do, you know, playing outside in the park and you're wrestling and you mimic your favorite wrestlers. And, you know, me and my brother, my younger brother, we called ourselves like the master blasters and made, you know, cardboard, <laughs> you know, championships, you know, oh, the champs great. of the block. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, it wasn't something, it wasn't that anything that I was going to think it was going to become a reality because I had my... I set on becoming a professional basketball player or a uh, pretty much a police officer, either or, one of the two. And coming from a big family uh, and, and a Hispanic household, I'm sure your your parents are very protective of you. So knowing that you now start wanted to start training to be a wrestler, how did they take that? Um, well, my stepfather, at the, you know, he passed away. He was a really big uh, supporter of anything that I did. Uh, he loved. Um, you know, anytime I was basketball, he would always go to my games and everything. And when he found that I was going to start wrestling, he was very, very, very supportive. He said, just do what makes you happy. You know, if you get injured, you're get, you know, you're going to just come back from it. It doesn't matter. My mom, on the other hand, was a little nervous. <laughs> um, she's seen me through many injuries, you know, just being roughhousing with the boys and, you know, being a tomboy that I am. Um, I've been through many, many injuries, so she didn't want me to get hurt. She didn't want me wrestling with, you know, these guys that I didn't know. She was very protective of what, you know, that scene would be for a female because, you know, when I started wrestling, it was 2000. There wasn't really a woman's division um, at that time or, you know, in the independence. And I didn't even know what independent wrestling was. So that's how, you know, coolest I was to actually wrestling when I first started. I didn't know anything about it. It was just something that just fell in my lap. And, you know, my, my parents, you know, supported me the best that they can. My mom probably went to one show and one show only in the last 18 years. 
and that was it. That's all it took. One show, and that was the end of it. I just have to send her DVDs. <laughs> well, starting a career in professional wrestling, I'm sure, is really tough. Um, we've heard a lot of people come on this show and say, obviously, it's not an easy road. Um, for a woman, I would think it's even a harder road because now we're fortunate we have the women's revolution. A lot more women are getting the opportunities that they deserve. But starting off when you started your career, what was the toughest thing getting into the business? Um, I think it was more or less um, making sure that I get the respect as an athlete. Um, you know, me being an athlete, it was, I've always had respect from, you know, my teammates, whether I was on a boys basketball team and, you know, summer league or anything like that. Um, I always had the respect of my peers. Um, but when it came to uh, wrestling, you know, the locker room is a little different when it comes to females. Um, I think at that time it was more or less, they saw you more as like a mark or, or a rat or just someone that they can just, you know, take home. Hey, hey. And you wanted to be a valet. They didn't take women's wrestling seriously. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a really good trainer who, you know, set me on my path and always was with me for the first, you know, four years of my career. And, and you know, was with me with just about every show that I can go on. He was with me to make sure that everyone knew that I was a wrestler that was not playing around. I'm here to do my job, get it done, get paid, and get out. So, you know, I, I was. I, I think that's what most women wrestlers want, is they want to be seen as an athlete and not just someone, you know, who can be in there as eye candy. I mean, I don't knock it down, don't get me wrong. If you want to be known as eye candy, do what you got to do, boo. Um, <laughs> but I'm one of those people who, you know, I go in there and I just I want to show what I can do. And, you know, whether it's against a female or a male, I just want to show you what I can do as an athlete because there is no gender on athleticism. Absolutely. Now, the athleticism, there's different types of matches that are in professional wrestling, ladder matches, mm -hmm. uh, TLC matches, hardcore matches, death matches are very popular in our area, too. Are these any matches that are interest you or are you just um passionate about that grappling style in the ring no i've done i've done hardcore matches and ladder matches i've done all that but i i, I won't do it just for the hell of it <laughs> um it's not my niche let's put it that way um i was trained to be a professional wrestler and you know to do wrestling by the books um you know and, and follow catch wrestling and to make sure you do everything the way it's supposed to be done back in the day and that is how I was trained. So I don't knock anybody who wants to do hardcore wrestling as part of their career. If that's what they want to make their money on, good for you. Um, but I tend to believe that if I'm going to do a hardcore match or a ladder match or anything involving me getting out of the ring, right. um, it has to be a feud or it has to be something memorable because mm -hmm. my body is being put on the line. And, you know, there's got to be some animosity or something for me to want to, like, put you through a table and you put me through a table, you know, whatever it is, a cage match or anything like that. There's got to be a reason for me to do it. And I believe it makes the match much more emotionally invested for fans as well as for the storyline and the psychology that you're trying to portray for whatever company that you work for. Um, that's just my take on it. No, for sure. I completely understand. Uh, you mentioned uh, your trainer. Who is your trainer? What school did you go to to start uh, training to be a wrestler? 
Uh, my first trainer was uh, Jason Knight. He uh, out in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, if you don't know who Jason Knight is, he was the uh, first ever ECW television champion. Um, he was also partnered up with Just Incredible, known as the Impact Players um, in ECW. And um, I was with him for about four or five years before the school closed down in Waterbury, Connecticut. And then I uh, went and got mentored by uh, the Samoans, Alpha Samoa, uh, Alpha Noya which is uh, the Wild Samoan. Yep. So I'm pretty much been with him since, still to this day. He still mentors me and, you know, keeps me in line and in check with a lot of things. You know, I still train and stuff. So after 18 years, I still feel like a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there advice um, that he has given you that stays in your head and it's always like something repetitive that's always going on? Always be prepared. Um, always be ready. Always be TV ready. Um, you don't know when your time is going to come. So there is no time to slack off. If this is something that you want to do, then you need to always be ready. Keep your mouth shut, your ears and your eyes open yep. and have respect. Respect for the locker room, respect for the ring crew, respect for everyone involved of whatever company you work for because you don't know who is who. Ain't that the truth? Hey, so, so, yeah, that's one of the things <laughs> that always stayed with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely always the truth. Uh, in the career that you've had that spanned uh, over a decade now, what would you say are some of your biggest accomplishments? Wow. Uh, there's so many, really. There's there's so many. Um, you know, one of one of my biggest is probably my first ever overseas tour um, that I've done. That was a, a milestone that I finally uh, did. You know, back in 2007, I want to say mm -hmm. maybe. So I went to Australia for the first time, um, and now it's one of my favorite places to go to. Um, but my first year, when you do your first overseas tour and you have to get your first passport. That's a milestone in anybody's career. So that, that was a highlight. And then finally going to Japan. It took, you know, over 10 years for me to finally go to Japan and, and work for Stardom when they first started. So that was a milestone. Um, I did WWE back in 2007 uh, for Sunday Night Heat when I wrestled Victoria. That was another milestone in my career that I was really, really proud of. Um, and then obviously, you know, the most recent one besides winning titles and everything um, was the Mae Young Classic which was a huge, you know, big, big boost in my career. And, and then finally said, okay, 17 years is worth it now. Yeah, no, um, for sure. So that, that was the biggest one. Yeah, that was the most recent one uh, last year. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still going, still going. Give us, give us a feel for um, what it was to be part of the May Young Classic. Um, from the beginning, you know, when you got the call, um, who who made the call out to you? Um, was it a quick decision to say yes? I want to be part of this. No, I think it was. Um, I, I think when it when the rumblings happen, you know, when everyone's like, "Oh, there's going to be this women's tournament." Um, I tend to always not listen to any rumors or anything because you know rumors come and go. I, I stick to what I know, and if it isn't coming from my trainer or is it coming from a reputable source, I'm just like, eh, whatever. But uh, the moment that I got a email uh, from the WWE office saying they were interested in possibly using me, it wasn't a definite. It was it was an eye opener. It was like, oh, really? <laughs> um, you know, because you know, you know, the way I look at things is, you know, this is. Uh, I'm 37, I'm going on 38. You know, I, I always thought that my prime was past 
and, and, you know, they, they weren't looking for someone like me or my caliber, but, you know, right. this was my chance to shine. And, you know, I, I was just like in awe and I was in shock at first when I saw, you know, the email and then, you know, responded back. Yeah, I'm interested. What do I have to do? What do you need? You know, I was very humble. Um, you know, this is what I got going on. And, you know, it was just so, wow, is this really going to happen? But I didn't keep my hopes high because, you know, I've got let down so many times in my career that you kind of just learn to just, okay, let's see how this is going to pan out. You keep your hopes low enough and just, you know, okay, what do I got to do? Let me get ready. Let me do this. Cause you never know, you know, I was ready to be on TV, you know, that mentality of you never know when you're going to get that phone call. And that's what happened. The moment that they said, Hey, you're part of it. I'm like, yes. Um, I call, I didn't call that's anybody. Amazing. No. Yeah. I just, I kept it to myself. No, no. I kept it to myself until I knew that it was for sure because, you know, they can say yes and they can take it away from you. So right. I had to make sure I, I waited, I waited and waited until they finally like, told everybody when wwe told the world is when i told the world oh, wow! <laughs> yeah uh, i wanted to wait i wanted to wait because i i just you know it's it's after 18 years you're just kind of like oh is this really going to happen and you know i hinted at a few people and you know people kind of already knew but I, it's just in the back of my mind i was like mm, don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah for but, yeah, sure it was, it was a surreal, yeah it was it was a real moment it was uh it was like, man, this finally all paid off. And, you know, I cried and I laughed. I was, I was just, I had so many things going on and emotional. I was just like, all right, I'm over it. Let's go. Let's go do this. <laughs> and you went to do it. Um, when you got into the performance center and that locker room, who out of whether someone who was in the tournament, someone backstage made the biggest impression of you on you? No, um, I think it, it's, it's, it's hard to say that only because I know, like I knew probably about 80% of the, of the roster for the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's really, uh, it was really good to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, like Abby Lath or Kimberly, I haven't seen her in a little bit. Uh, Dakota Kai, uh, Ruby Riot, like, you know, Serena D, like some of these girls I haven't seen in so long that it was almost like, it felt like a reunion of sorts. Um, you know, uh, nostalgia hit me and, and we're, a lot of us were reminiscing about a lot of things. Um, and that is what, um, sticks out to me the most. And then obviously meeting, you know, a lot of the newcomers and a lot of the new girls that I haven't got to see. Like Tony Storm blew me away. Yeah. Uh, she was one of my favorites. Yeah. She was one of my favorites to watch, even though I had to deal with my own, uh, matches, but just to watch her, Piper blew me away. Um, you know, just the talent in these girls. And, and one of the um, new girls that from NXT, um, Bianca Belair, mm -hmm. uh, she really, yeah, she really, like, um, her athleticism, just, I was just like, wow. She reminds me of a modern-day ja modern jazz when jazz was in her prime. Just her athleticism, the way she carries herself, she reminded me so much of jazz. Uh, when Jazz was in her prime, um, so yeah, she she blew me away. So it was it was really good to see um, all these females in in you know in the performance center and doing what they do and doing what they love to do, the training and you know meeting you know like a legend, uh, Princess Uhey, like that's a legend and and that no one could really meet. And I got to meet her and wrestle her, so that was a huge highlight for me. You know, I think one of the biggest highlights in the May Young Classic. So it was just, I think the whole experience just still to this day, it's just like, wow, you know, if I can go back, I wouldn't change a thing. And, and just the people there, it was just, it was a really good camaraderie. Like everyone just loved to be there and everyone soaked it in and just enjoyed the moment for what it was. Yeah. And in groundbreaking um, 
fashion, uh, there's always... Uh, so we had the first Hell in a Cell with the women. We had the Mae Young Classic. We had the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, I'm sure there's always like a pep talk or something that someone has to say. Like Stephanie is known for it um, to kind of get everybody to really enjoy that moment. Did anybody give you guys a pep talk before the Mae Young Classic started? Who was it and what oh, did they Triple say? H. Triple H. <laughs> this was his baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, this was his, this was his baby. He basically just told us, um, I can't remember word for word because, you know, it was like two days of tournament and training and all that. But, um, uh, basically he just said, this is our moment to put it all out there. Give it your all. Let them know what the women's wrestling is all about. This is our platform. You know, this is something that's never been done. And this is, we're going to set the precedent for what women's wrestling is going to be here and there. And, and, you know, he was really proud of all of us and, you know, this was his thing and he just wanted us to go out there and have fun. Um, yes, it's, this is a competition. Yes, it's, you know, you want to outdo yourself and you want to give your, but most of all, have fun because at the end of the day, you have to love what you do. And the only way you can perform your best is if you love what you're doing. So it was a really, uh, humbling experience for him to, you know, go out there and just tell us and pep talk us and rile us up and get ready. It's almost like a football, like, go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, even before the show and even after the show, it was that, you know, that pep talk after the show as well, that like, man, you guys blew it out the water. He was so proud of us and what we accomplished and that there was so much more to do in this woman's revolution. And this is just the first step. Yeah. It's just the beginning. Um, and wrestling has one of the most passionate fans in the world. Um, and when they like something, they really like something when they don't, they they'll let you know. Uh Um, for you is if there's anything that you were change or you would evolve in the, world of professional wrestling, what do you think it would be? I wouldn't change a thing, just in, in general. I mean, I, I wish women's wrestling, in you know, in general could have gotten more respect back in the day, um, you know, where, you know, when I first started, I wouldn't have to be wrestling males for the first year of my career. Right. But um, I wouldn't change a thing because I'm still around to help. Uh, there's a reason. There's, I always say there's a reason for things to happen the way they happen. You know, women's wrestling has its up and downs, and it has to go through its channels, and it has to get, you know, through all. It just, it's just like the world now. It has to go through its changes for people to recognize when something is wrong and to recognize when to fix it. And it's the moment now in the last couple of years. You know, uh, Shimmer did it, you know, 10-plus years ago, Shimmer did it when they first came onto the scene. It was this women's revolution that's been happening way before it became mainstream. And I was glad to be a part of that. And I'm an integral part of this woman's revolution back, you know, in the Shimmer days. And even before that, even before Shimmer even became around, you know, women's wrestling is something that people always saw as an attraction match. My way of thinking and my way of philosophy with my trainer was you don't become the attraction, you become the main. And that is what I always strive to be is be better than the main event because you are a woman, but first of all, you're going to make them remember why you're an athlete and why you are a wrestler. And whether it's wrestling males or females, it doesn't matter. The match that you put on is what they're going to remember. And you have to be the best match on the card to set yourself apart. And that's what I've always done in my career. And, you know, most females that, um, you know, I, I came through with, like Cindy Rogers, Allison Danger, Lou Fisto, Chiller and Melissa, like Lacey, Rain, like all these girls that, you know, were part of Shimmer in the beginning and beyond. Like, this is what we live for. We live for this moment right now. Uh, this is what we dedicated our career to. And, you know, I, if I can change it, I probably want to be here. So I'm not going to change anything because everything led up to where I am now at this moment. 
I feel you on that point. Uh, we're big proponents here on a shot of wrestling in saying that wrestling brings us together. Who in the last years are you grateful that professional wrestling has brought this person to you? Oh, there's so many. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, like we're yeah, grateful wrestling, and- wrestling brought you to us. That we're beyond uh, grateful already. Oh. Uh, Oh, <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, um, and wrestling has pretty much brought me lifelong friendships that become family. Um, it's brought me, you know, uh, many opportunities that I would never have gotten um, if I was still in Waterbury, Connecticut, you know, in the ghetto streets of the hood over here. Um, <laughs> but wrestling has definitely brought me some, you know, family um, because, you know, wrestling can be lonely. When you're on the road and you don't know who to trust and, and who's not going to backstab you. So um, I'm grateful for the friendships and, and, and that I pretty much still have to this day. Like Cindy Rogers is one um, who has been my best friend for the last probably 20 years. Um, you know, I met her through wrestling. We wrestled and she, you know, been at my wedding and everything. So that's, you know, Allison Danger is another one. Cheerleader Melissa, like Lufisto, Rain. These are girls that are just not wrestlers these are females that are like part of my life that they come to my house or we talk about our families and we talk about our lives and it's not always wrestling related because we relate in another way we've been there we've done that wrestling just kind of brought us to that point where we're like all right forget about wrestling now what's going on with your life hey how's this how's that and that's what i love wrestling has brought me some lifelong friendships that you can't get anywhere else sometimes and it's taken me to you know cross the country that I probably would have never been to, you know, I've been to Australia, Japan, England. Uh, so some of these places are just amazing that I would have never gotten to do if I wasn't doing wrestling. Playing in wrestling, you have to put a lot of miles in the car in traveling mm-hmm. or flights. Do you have any uh, road stories you'd like to share with us? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to. I wrestled, I, I, I traveled with, I could tell you now that most of the time I traveled by myself. Okay. Nine out, of, nine out of ten times I traveled by myself. And that's only because I wanted to go to the venue and I wanted to get back home because I have a real-life job. And I'm not one to stay around. I get paid and I go home. I don't like to mingle. I don't like to do anything, get in and get out. Uh, but nine out of ten times I'm usually traveling by myself. You know, there's those instances where I would be traveling, you know, with the girls uh, for women's shows, women's tournaments. But, you know, I don't have many road stories just because I'm, I'm, I tend to just do things on my own. I don't like to depend on anybody. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird. I know everyone likes to travel together, but... How do you pass the time when you're traveling alone? Or what kind of music do you like to listen to? Do you listen to any podcasts? Nope, nope. I don't listen to any podcasts. Nope, I'm very old school. I just pop in my CDs, you know, my freestyle, my 80s music, (laughs) my 90s music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are the good days. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Stevie B, Lisa, Lisa and the Cut Jam. Like, that's just... (laughs) Anything to keep me up, but those, that's my music. And, you know, I can listen to the new stuff now, but I'm just, I'm very just chill. I'm very just chill. Or, you know, any of the wrestlers that are on the road, we usually just call each other up. You know, they're on the road, I'm on the road. We're two different ways, but we're on the road and we'll just talk to each other and just keep ourselves up. And that's usually how, you know, it was back in the day. Now, you know, everyone wants to travel together. I'm like, well, forget y'all now. Now I got a family. I can travel with them. <laughs> <laughs> I can fly now. I don't have to drive anymore. <laughs> yeah, you've earned that already. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, passions outside the ring. Uh, what do you like to do on your spare time? What do you do to wind down? Well, if I'm not working, you know, you know, everyone, you know, we, I still have a shoot job. Um, I, I still work for a living. I like to have a 401k people in insurance. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> what do you do for your shoot job? Well, I work at a, uh, I work at a Walmart. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a manager there. So nice. they're very flexible with my wrestling and stuff. I've been there for 10 years. Um, so that's what I've been doing, but it's great pay for me. It's easy money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, for me, and you know, I get paid very, very well enough to make my living off that, you know, anything God forbid happened with wrestling, I still can do what I have to do. Um, but you know, I always tell, uh, wrestlers that make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you always have a job because you need a 401k, you need insurance, you need a pension, you need something, you need life insurance, you need something to have a backup wrestling. You never know what can happen in wrestling. So I've always made sure I had a job. No matter what I was doing, I made sure I had a job. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I do, you know. I'm a normal person. Yeah. No, absolutely. Me too. I'm in uh, Yeah. I'm in the retail business myself. I manage my own store. And it, it does provide that that's flexible schedule, which is great, but also the stability. What are your coworkers um, feel about you being a professional wrestler? How did they react to seeing you in the Mae Young Classic? Oh, they were really, really excited. I think they had to keep the fan, the fan inside of the network. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is that I've been, I, my job, it's because I, um, I tend to move a lot due to, you know, my, my personal situations. Um, but I've been probably in six stores, six different stores in the last 10 years. So, um, I don't get to stay in a store very long to let people know that I wrestle. But when, uh, this store that I'm in now, they pretty much uh, were very excited. They're not wrestling fans at all, which is a good thing because um, I like to keep my personal life away from uh, work life. But, um, to, you know, a couple of my coworkers know, watch wrestling, and they saw me, and they were so excited. But they kept their fan momentum outside of work. Is when we clocked that was a whole different story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once but, the, yeah, no, they were very excited, yeah. Once the drinks start flowing, everybody loosens up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And this is a shot of wrestling, so we would always like to know what is um your drink, your adult drink of choice. I go for a Midori sour. Okay, very yep, nice. Midori sour, tequila rose. I'm a very light drinker, mm. and if it's and if it's beer, then it's got to be a Corona or a Heineken. Love it. Now, <laughs> as we start to to wind down, um, what is in your future? What are some of the projects you're working on now um, or things that you're looking forward to in the upcoming year? Well, right now, um, I'm very excited, obviously, you know, still working for the women's companies that I work for. Um, it's something that's still consistent. Shine, um, Shimmer, uh, right now, WSU and Rise. Uh, Rise is something new that's only been around for a year. It's something that I'm very, very, very proud of. Uh, to be a part of and, and, you know, helping in any way possible to get Rise the notoriety that it needs. Um, if you're not familiar with Rise, uh, Rise is a company that is helping women's wrestlers pretty much get their name out there, help develop them. Um, you know, we do a lot of seminars. I, I did a seminar about two months back or so um, with Rise in conjunction with uh, Shimmer. Um, Basically, what it is, is I help the girls in every aspect of wrestling. It's not just the wrestling itself, but it's your etiquette. It's your locker room etiquette, what you do outside of the business, 
uh, your branding, your social media, um, just everything that, you know, maybe trainers forget to tell you. Um, sometimes, you know, you need a female's perspective on uh, this business of ours that you don't get if you have a male trainer. I know uh, my male trainer didn't give me everything that I needed to know um, until I started wrestling females. And it was like a whole different story when, you know, I, the things that I learned on my own. So it's um it's pretty much giving back. And what Rise does, it's pretty much helping these females get away from what they're used to. So uh, it's the concept of if you're in New York, which was, you know, New York, you're constantly wrestling the same girls in the area. Constantly, constantly. The fans get bored of seeing the same match. Because how many times can you wrestle the same girls in, you know, in a a year? It it gets redundant. It gets boring. The crowd is like, whatever, we've seen this match 10,000 times. Who are we going to bring? And sometimes you don't have the money or anything. So what Rise does is we take these girls and we put them with other girls that they're not used to. Totally different styles, different states, everything. And that is what Rise is all about. You can make your mistakes. It's okay. We're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for top, you know, girls. What we're looking for is for girls who are willing to invest themselves in women's wrestling and to help, you know, and and, and to help build this company on nobody's to make yourself a somebody. Um, you know, we got girls, you know, Kikio, who's, uh, you know, someone I never even knew, but she shot herself up, you know, to be someone of a name right from Rise. You got Adust, who's partnered herself up with Rosemary, you know, uh, who's like her mentor right now. And just these girls are pretty much Britt Baker, uh, Britt Baker and Tessa Blanchard was another one, you know, who I didn't know very well to Rise because they've been on almost every show. So these are girls that, you know, you can work if you invest yourself in Rise. And right now, Rise has uh, partnered up with Impact. And I think t- today, I believe, uh, we are doing, uh, Rise is actually doing their first weekly episode of Women's Wrestling. Oh, that's amazing. So, but, yeah, so what Congrats. they're doing is for the next, yep, yep, for the next six weeks, we partnered up with Impact Wrestling uh, to do a weekly Women's Wrestling episode. So it's probably one, two, three matches. You know, I think it's a half hour slot on um, on TV, and it's something new. And it'll give you your dose of women's wrestling in a TV type style uh, venue or you know segment here. So it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, and it's something that you can go on Rise. Um, I can't remember their uh, their email, uh, their website at the moment, but. Um, I think for like four ninety nine, you can see all these episodes plus like other stuff, other shows and stuff that you know that we put on there from you know matches. I know my match with Tony Storm was on there that people can see that they don't have to worry about buying a DVD. Like it is such a different concept, and and I'm so proud of Rise at what they've done in the last year. Like we've taken them to England and done seminars in England. I did a seminar in England with Rise, so it's something you know I'm I'm, I'm investing myself into. That's I'm very excited about. So if you don't know where Rise is, you have to look it up. You have to get in there. You have to see and, and give these girls their props. If we wanted to follow you on social media and continue taking this journey with you, where could we do that? Well, I have a Twitter now. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> it's that, um, yeah, yeah, social media. I've been, you know what's funny is I've been away from social media for so long, like legit, like 17 years. And as soon as I did the May Young Classic, it was like forced upon me to get social media. I was just like, oh, great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, Twitter. You can find me at the real M Martinez. 
um, as well as my Instagram and uh, Facebook. They're all the same handle. So if you do that handle, you can pretty much find me in all those three social media handles. Um, most of the time, Twitter is the way to go, nine out of ten times. If you need to email me for anything, fans, bookings, anything like that, you can email me at MercedesMartinez19 at Yahoo.com. I always, you know, encourage my fans to just, you know, send me an email, just say thank you or hate mail if you want, but I'll just delete it. So give me all the love. Love, please. All about the love. All yeah. about the love and positivity. Thank you so much, Mercedes. Yes. It has been a pleasure having you here. But do you mind sticking around? We have one more important thing. It's last call. Are you down? Yes, yes of course. I'm always down, of course. All right. Thank you. This is Mercedes Martinez. Stay tuned to the end of this episode for The Last Call. It's In the News with Michael J. Putty. Good job, Green Man. Great interview with Mercedes Martinez. Jeff, what do you think? You know, Mercedes Martinez's voice just soothes my heart. I loved it, and I miss her. Thank you, Mercedes. And you know I love you. Just want to talk about Rise, the women's wrestling promotion. Uh, it's always great to see women wrestling, because it's coming come more of a forefront. Right. Talk about BCW. The women's wrestling stole the show. Definitely. Women's wrestling is, is now becoming more about the main event, the more the main draw and attraction. It's something that the fans have clamored. They asked for it, and they got it. So much female talent out there, by the way. A lot of it. So keep your eyes on Rise. We'll keep you updated when it comes about. Hopefully it stops by here in the New York City area because definitely want to check it out. Mm. It's the news, Jeff. The big news story of the week. One of your all-time favorites. CM Punk's in the news. (laughs) Fuck that guy. CM Punk. (laughs) Wants a distance in his second fight against Mike, the Truth Jackson, at UFC 225. I think I predicted it, by the way, in episode 120. You actually did. You actually predicted it to the T that it would go to three rounds and there would be a decision. Bravo to you, my Thank friend. You. Bravo it. to you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you know, he showed some improvement from the first time. You got to admit that. He did. He a did. lot of improvement. He, he did bring the fight. He lasted. I didn't like the fact that Mike Jackson, he had him on the floor and he could have finished times. him off. You could have. And he just toyed with him. And I think that it turned me off to the fight. But I can't hate. See, listen. As much as I hate CM Punk's whatever, he brought the fight. He lasted long. I'll give him that. And that's as far as I go. Jackson won the night. Unanimous decision. Punk was actually escorted to the hospital afterwards. Right. That's asked me that bad. <laughs> the Sports Daily reports that his winnings from the fight were a total of $503,500. 500000 of which was just showing up. Really? 3500 <laughs> was just the fight incentive. So not that much money just for incentive. Lucky now, him. Let me forget the detail about this, Mike. Let's, let's see what Dana White has to say about this. Please. Did you hear what he had to say? I want to hear what he says. Last question. Obviously, CM Punk you know, suffered a tough loss tonight. Uh, I have to imagine that's it for him, but, I mean, did you talk to him after the fight? And, and I got to imagine, is that it for him as far as how many chances you're going to give him in the UFC? Did he do any media after the fight? Uh, he got transported. Huh? He was transported. Oh, he was? And everybody got transported tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's probably it should be a wrap. You know, the guy's 39 years old. I love the guy; he's the nicest guy in the world. Um, we gave him two shots, you know, and he had a lot of heart tonight in this fight. And uh, yeah, I think you should call it a wrap. Uh, what do you think about uh, 
the heart that he, he showed in the fight. Yeah, no, he did, man. Listen, he got he got clipped a lot in that fight. He, it looked like he was hurt bad a couple of times. Um, he stayed in there and went for three rounds. You know, Michael Jackson. I'm not happy with this guy. Was acting like a football tonight. You get this opportunity to come in and fight CM Punk, and you're doing like bolo punches to the body on top. Never looked like he was trying to finish the fight ever. Right? Looked like he could have finished the fight a few times. Never tried. I don't know what that guy did for a living before we gave him the shot, but whatever it was, he needs to go back and do that again. He's 0-2 well, as far as I'm concerned. Well, to that point, it seemed like he was trying to milk it um, to, to stay on TV longer. Did you get that sense? I got the sense that, that he's a complete fucking idiot, and uh, I couldn't wait for that fight to end, and I regretted not putting it on Fight Pass. That's how I felt about it. And my last question is, you, you did talk about Mike Jackson. Is that it for his UFC career? Yeah, that's it for his UFC career. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put that kid in the contender series. Bullshit. He put that match in the fight pass? You know how much money you lost? I mean... It was a draw that night, but you bought the fight, actually, right? I, bought, I was one of 157,000 that bought that fight. <laughs> so, I, I... The pay-per-view could be saved. So, I mean, he was right. Mike Jackson could have taken him down. He made a fool of himself. And that's that's... That's, how, that's where I leave it. Very happy there was a first match. Didn't have to wait the whole night to watch this match. Did you watch the rest of the card? I, I watched the rest of the card. I the rest of the card was not bad. Um, it's a shame that they only got X amount of buys, but I think that that first match just left a bad taste in my mouth. I'll say the same thing. I thought that guy, Mike Jackson, was just hamming it up yeah. for TV time because he had the TM Punk on the ground several times. You could have fucking nailed him. Someone that was in my house was telling me, or he probably just like let the match go to the third round so that CM Punk can at least, so you can say that CM Punk lasted an entire match, but that I don't know. You you can say a lot of things about the fight. The, ma- the match was garbage. Absolute garbage. So I regret the $62. That's it? Yeah. That's not bad. Those are like 100 something. Yeah. It- yeah. I might, as well, I might as well spend this shit in like WWE tickets, to be honest with you. Moving on. Corey Graves has defended his choice of words on Twitter after commenting on Punk's loss at UFC. Mm-hmm. Through a series of tweets, Graves said Punk has betrayed the loyalty of WWE after leaving the company back in 2014, which we can't argue that. Okay, yeah. He said, and I quote, The first rule of Punk Rock is loyalty, and this guy betrayed it all. I still love you, friend, and I'm sorry you got lost. He spoke to Fightful to explain how Punk allegedly gave an ultimatum to wrestlers to leave WWE mm-hmm. with him or no longer be friends. Right. Asshole. He said, it kind of shocked me when I texted him about grabbing dinner because we were in Chicago and he told me he had no longer any interest in being friends with me or anybody in the WWE. Seeing fans are disappointed. Maybe you guys should know that that dude held my first son before I even did because I was on tour and I trusted him. I had dinner with him a week after he quit. Maybe abandoning everyone who stood by your side even when we weren't supposed to, only to have you turn your back on us, wasn't the right move after all. No anger, only sadness. My only issue with him is that he turned off the people that actually loved and supported him beyond the business. He never wanted anything to do with us, yet continued to present himself as this punk hero. Harsh words from a... I agree. It, if, it's just, if this is true, this is a very sad situation. We agree, because we feel the same way. But we're just fans. Now we hear someone on the front lines, a friend of his, behind right. the scenes, who also feels the same way we do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sad. It's very sad. And... Even if I was a fan of punk, I'm not going to agree with someone who says, leave my former employer because I had beef with them or don't be my friend. I mean, at the end of the day, that guy has to feed his family. He has to feed himself. He has to feed whatever. He needs to make a living. What is that to you? You know, respect the job, respect the fact that he has a job and not where he works. What's CM Punk? Any final thoughts on CM Punk before we move on? Because we need to. You know what? I really don't want to think about CM Punk anymore, to be honest with you. 
moving on in other news, we talked about it last week about Madison Square Garden. Well, in an interview with Baltimore Business Journal, St. Clair Broadcasting CEO Chris Ripley said that the plan is for Ring of Honor to host the shows at larger venues following the success of All In. Hmm. Setting out with like less than a half hour. Yes. He revealed the company plans on hosting a show at Madison Square Garden next year. Many are assuming around WrestleMania season. Hmm. Interesting. You know, this comes out, we talked about last week, how the MSG is reaching out to other organizations uh-huh. to host them because you know, they're not happy with W choosing Barclay Center over them. Which I'll I can't argue that. that, even though they have high rents. Mm-hmm. You know, W can afford it. I don't know if they can afford it or as much as they don't want to pass the value onto the customer. Maybe. Um, but I think that at least Hall of Fame should have been there. Yes. I mean, most of, well, WWE needs to realize also the fact, or they know, they just don't present it, that most of their business has come from Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the home base. So Losing the grip on the home base is not a good sign. You know, a lot, it, it's a shame. At least Hall of Fame could have been there, maybe a Raw. Although, but, speaking of these arenas, unfortunately, MSG is now considered one of a smaller arena. Considering, yeah. It only holds, uh, here we go, uh, 20,789 seats. The largest crowd Ring of Honor has ever done. It's been 6,000, and that was this year at WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind any other wrestling organization. I think the closest competitor to WWE is Ring of Honor right now. So, yeah, absolutely. could it help them? Maybe, but it all depends on how they pull off the show. So, that's you guys on social media. Your thoughts about Ring of Honor possibly selling out Madison Square Garden. And Jeff, we got some answers here. On Instagram, Himbo underscore said, I've been attending Ring of Honor shows since they were at the Lake Grove in Long Island when the American Dragon won the title. Damn. Maybe it's just me, but I've always appreciated the intimacy of a smaller venue. But this will be awesome nonetheless. Supply and demand, I could imagine the matches that they would have for the stacked card. Mm-hmm. Elvis Cage said, if not MSG, definitely Nessa Coliseum. Nessa Coliseum doesn't have yeah. the mis- mystique of MSG, though. Yeah. Shreds and gain 666. Simply said, I hope so. Kind of hope so, too, going back to Himbo's uh, point. Yeah, you know, I think these Ring of Honor, these, these indie shows are built on the intimacy of the crowd that will get lost going to these big venues, Joel, though. I don't know. You think Ring of Honor can play in the big crowd? Because isn't Ring of Honor based on these small, intimate crowds? They can. Uh, I think that their talent pool is good. I think that the, the the mystique might be lost, yes. But I think that Ring of Honor right now, especially with who they also have broadcast partners with, sure. can you know grow and expand. I feel that they are the next big competitor to the WWE. And if you were to... I mean, if you're into the whole business side of it, they are owned by Sinclair. Sinclair right now is in the process of acquiring Tribune. Tribune has a lot of networks outside, you know, in the, in, in the United States. One of them here being WPIX in New York. If they're able to... Shut up, yeah. No, yeah. So I think it's... They're at the prime opportunity to grow, expand, and compete. And they... Sega MSG would be a fucking big impact statement, though, too. MSG would make would solidify them being top dog. Vince would be pissed, though. You know, at this point, though, it's his fault. True and B, you are now doing business with a competitor of yours mm-hmm. in Impact Wrestling oh, that sure. you're licensing your footage from for your videos. And Impact Wrestling thing? used to be cutthroat with you guys. You know, you used to bring guys in there that uh, you know, the fir- they, they debuted from getting fired from WWE, and the first thing they did was. Bullshit about WWE. Well, I, think, I don't think Vince thinks as TM, T, oh, TNA, uh, Impact as competition. Impact is no longer competition no. At, 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 at this point. It's the really not. The conversation <laughs> continued over on Facebook. Stuart Blumstein said, and I quote, It's good and it's bad. It will lose a smaller venue energy from the crowd that the Hammerstein Ballroom always has. Okay. Hammerstein Ballroom, of course. Plethora of energy. 
once again, going back to the small, intimate. They venue. have sold out Hammerstein in many occasions. And even those tickets there were expensive. Catherine Castro said, it's too bad it's practically impossible for other indie comp- companies to get the same deal since MSG is so freaking expensive, which it is. And our band Eric Jaden chimed in. It's great to see them expand. That's what companies should be doing, expanding and providing options to fans. I absolutely agree. I believe they will do a great job at MSG. And I'm glad MSG saw their potential in letting other companies run there, which is a great point. I know you mentioned. I don't know. I think I think you mentioned uh, AAA going there. Yeah, uh, from rooms. Mexico. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a RH versus AAA thing there. That would be sweet. I know they do have like a. I know Impact or Lucha Underground has yeah has a business with them. I mean, most bad. of these indie companies well, also doesn't New Japan run American shows now. New Japan is running American shows that they also have a partnership with ROH. Um, I know. Team up to do a Mexican War Garden sell out. Dude, they would. Oh, they would kill it. They would kill it. If they did that, I'd buy a ticket. Especially WrestleMania weekend? Yeah. I'd buy a ticket to that. Imagine any, another company selling out your home during your biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. That's fucking slap in the face. Listen, New York, wrestling town. It's a hardcore wrestling town. And the, the fact that now when you have WrestleCon and you have all these indie shows, probably BCW might be trying to capitalize on that. It could, could it. For us, it's a win for us to have shows of absolute caliber. And not to mention NXT. That's true. You're competing with them, too, on a Saturday night. Come on, man. Yeah. Never loves NXT. Yeah. Imagine if that happened to MSG. So we'll keep you updated on that. This is a heartbreaking story. We'll keep you updated. In other news, Jeff, you're a big SmackDown man. Of course I am. As I am. W officials are talking about having a big 20-year anniversary edition of SmackDown. Maybe next year. Similar to the Raw 25. I forgot they were about to be 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be 20 years old. Also, SmackDown is also 20 episodes away from reaching their 1,000th episode. I hope they do it big. Also, there's a possibility they will acknowledge that as much as they did the Raw 1000th episode. Thanks, Michael Cole. Back in, back in July of 2012. Remember, I, I had a quote-unquote little small party here. Gray Man showed up. Our friend Zia showed up. Had a cake. Had drinks. Had decorations. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> it's July of 2012. It's like like fourth month of living on my own apartment. Okay. My big, my big quote-unquote celebration. Okay. Fucking went all out. So, yeah. Hopefully, they do the same thing. You know, just come over my place. Get, Ra- a, yeah. get a blue cake. Get a blue cake. Blue streamers like they did with Raw? Now, I can't see them not doing this. No. But it's so close together. What do you think they would go first? The 1,000th or the 20th? Um, you know, 1,000 is a big mark. They should do something big for that. But I think the 20-year mark, you know, you, you should go even bigger for that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think you should bring back a few legends here and there uh, for the 1,000 show. The bad thing about it is it's a two-hour show, so how much can you really pack into it? That's true. And if you're... I think you should leave it at that. 20 years, extend the time. Do something with it. But Maybe a special three-hour episode of SmackDown Live? Yeah. We'll keep you updated. Hopefully they do something big, because SmackDown deserves it. Also, it's kind of hard to fathom that Raw was only around by this time, will be six years mm-hmm. before SmackDown came around. You didn't even think about that. It seems like, like it's such longer... Since SmackDown was just relatively came around recently. Right. No, it's been 20 years. Interesting. Oh, it, it, I remember the first episode in the Ministry... Had joined with a corporation. You know, SmackDown? The, yeah, SmackDown. Yeah. It wasn't like the the tell very first. Tell me the first episode of SmackDown or the first special he had on SmackDown. The, the very special when they were testing. No, no, not that one. Okay. That was the first ep- episode yeah. like broadcast. But I remember the very first, like they were testing the market. Ministry joined the corporation. People forget that. Yep. Very good. Very good match. It's on news. Well, mentioned earlier about New Japan. Triple H seems to be open to the idea of joining forces with New Japan eventually when he spoke to the, the Sun Sport and compared to the partnership WWE 
currently has with like Evolve. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have one with Progress? I think Progress. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I can't draw a blank. Do you want to see them partner up with uh, New Japan? Why not? I mean, WWE mentions uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles being champions. Um, and recently, uh, we just had Up Up Down Down where That's Xavier right. Woods, yeah. Xavier Woods and the New Day faced off against the Elite and and Kenny Omega from. You know, the Bullet Club, if, if, that's, if that's what it's still called. Triple H said, and I quote, we have an alliance with Progress in the UK, situation with ICW in Scotland. Two very well-run and respected promotions that do good business. But more importantly, they're cultivating talent. Is there opportunity for cross-promotions? Absolutely. With the right things, you know, it's a blank slate, and I'm open to just about anything right now, if the situation is right. You know, back in the day, when you remember when you and I were thinking about the Attitude Era and whatever, WCW versus WWE, we don't have that kind of dream anymore. None. Now, this is the closest we can yeah, get to you, dream matches. Second Ring of Honor is the second promotion. I think New Japan is the second promotion. Yeah. Worldwide, yeah. So why the hell not do it? It's not competition. It's just good business. Do how, what's how, best for business. How would that come off, though? Depends. I mean, I would. It, it also has to do with does WWE want, want their guys over? Should they allow the other guys go over? Cross promotion? Who knows? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Where the money is at. Yeah, where, who who gets a cut? But that's the thing for them, not for us. We can dream. What can be updated? Well, one place you can have dream matches is the WWE 2K franchise. Mm-hmm. 2K announced this week that we'll be host a virtual press conference on Monday to unveil the cover superstar for the WWE 2K19. That superstar will be unveiled and announce the details of the upcoming video game. Past superstars include The Rock, John Cena, Stone Cold, The Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins. The press conference will take place on Monday, 11 a.m., and will stream live on the 2K channels on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Once again, I ask you guys on our social medias, who do you want to see? Both Just a Wrestling Fan, BC, and Jeremy Waybright, 17th, think AJ Styles deserves it. Some weird guy named Abel underscore NYC said Brock <laughs> Lesnar just to fuck with everybody. Apparently, he was hoping for CM Punk. Apparently, Abel underscore NYC doesn't play video games because Brock Lesnar <laughs> has been on the cover. But going with his idea here about to fuck everybody, if they want to fuck everybody... They're going to probably put Roman Reigns on the cover. Maybe. maybe. But in my opinion, I agree with these guys. I think AJ Styles is the front runner here. Yeah, I, I forgot about Reigns. I think it may be AJ Styles. I mean, he deserves it after the year he has had. No, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, a year and a half he's had? Oh, yeah. Carrying SmackDown on his back? Carrying SmackDown. Phenomenal matches. They should have been more phenomenal, but I think his rivalry with, with Nakamura has been okay. But I, I am awaiting uh, the eventual Miz cash-in on him. Yeah, that's my pick. That's my dark horse. That's Spoiler right. alert. Do you think yeah. Abel underscore Emerson has a point made to think he'll Brock Lesnar twice? No. Because they love Brock Lesnar. No. no. I don't think so. I hope, let's hope not. Yeah. Let's follow the other news. John Cena landed himself another big Hollywood role and is set to star in a new action thriller alongside Jackie Chan. Hmm. It's funny because I'm wondering what, what happened to Jackie Chan recently. I know he still does things in China here and there, but I, I remember he used to do his own stunts, but I, yeah. I don't know. That was, I, that was his strong. Yeah. I haven't heard or seen anything from Jackie Chan since Rush Hour 3. Honestly. The movie doesn't have an official title yet. It's currently called Project X. It's expected to release date in 2019. Ready for this? Here we go. Mm-hmm. The movie will be based around a Chinese private security contractor who was called in to extract oil workers from the China-run oil refinery <laughs> in the Middle East. After it is attacked, Chan's character will team with Cena's character, former Marine, of course, to stop the attackers after discovering that the real plan is to steal a fortune in oil. Now, that's a big character John Cena's got to feel here. Mm-hmm. Even bigger shoes to feel because Sylvester Stallone was the original choice. He backed out last minute. Get out. So, good luck to John Cena. I'm looking forward to it. John, John Cena's a versatile and very talented actor. And he always delivers in his movies. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, it doesn't sound that bad. So. Yeah. Good for, good for him. Okay, check it out. Anything you want to talk about? No, no, no. Ready for Raw Smackdown? Ready for Raw Smackdown. Cheers to you, man. Get right into it.
A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown. And Impact. And Lucha Underground. And Heat. Right, Jeff, you watch Raw and SmackDown this week? I tried to uh, watch Raw, but I did watch SmackDown because, you know, that's the A-show in my opinion. Most people's opinions. Let me go through Raw real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to cheers all eight members of the ladder matches. We're on the ladders. That was that was interesting. The fact that it was four men and four women all together at once. Mm-hmm. They all kind of gelled well together. They fed off each other. Yeah, they fed off each other well. It worked. I'm cheering that because I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. Kevin Owens being the annoying little piece of shit, too. Works great. great. Yeah. I'm going to cheers the uh, subsequent women's fatal four-way match. Not bad. Fucking fantastic match. Yeah. Great the women put match. her in the clinic. Also going to cheers. Another cheers for Raw. Three cheers in a row. Kind of rarity. The Elias song about Rollins. Man, one, because they actually let him finish a song. Finally. One of the best songs he's ever done. Finally. Grammy nominee. Actually, literally lol In case you missed it, I'm going to play for you here in full because this is well worth listening to. But he tells us to burn it down Make up your damn mind, Seth These are the worst nicknames around Seth freaking Rollins Am I supposed to think that's cool? And I get it, you do CrossFit So I definitely know that you're a tool You're void of any talents Grace to Monday Night Raw. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you were born in this toilet of Little Rock, Arkansas. Like, done for nothing, if that was on iTunes, I would buy it. That was, like, great. Like I mentioned earlier, it's great to hear him actually finish a song. Did you see his guitar, though? They were, they were Airbrushed with the IC yes, title? Which is amazing. Like, not even an hour later, it was on the WW2K community to download. <laughs> I don't know how people created <laughs> it that fast. I didn't even know that. All right. But, yeah, Great for Elias, great song. It makes sense because, yeah, he has two nicknames. You have anything for all? I have a cheer for, for Raw, and cheer, I think, okay. okay, the B team finally get another, another pinfall win, pushing them really nicely. What yes. I'll heal about that is the fact that their tag team division is just trash. I mean, it, it, it's a shame, because you do have a lot of talent. Last year, the Usos were the fucking hottest thing on SmackDown. Yeah. And now we got nothing. The Bludgeon Brothers. I'm going to cheer the Bobby oh, last year. is new listeners. Cheer and a heel. Combined, so Jeff, continue. In this case, you have a nice gel of the cheer and heel. So I'm going to cheer Bobby Lashley going through that obstacle course and showing his physical prowess. But I'll heal the fact that where the fuck is this going? Like, are you going to, is this going to be a big payoff for Bobby Lashley or is this going to be a big payoff for Sami Zayn? And the at feud this point, or the, the obstacle course? No, no. In terms, I'm thinking the feud. Okay. Because at, not that I dislike Sami Zayn, but like when he debuted, and, you know, he had that match with John Cena, who was great. 
And then all of a sudden... Throw out a shoulder? Yeah, uh. throw out a shoulder. And now, what the hell are you doing with Sami Zayn? With this feud, I think he's kind of came into his own. Right. I hope it works. Like, to me, it works. Because he's that annoying dude. Yes. And he annoys me. It works. Whatever. But it won't work unless there's a payoff. And to me, the payoff would make sense for Sami Zayn. What would the payoff be? Who knows? I mean, either he gets a run with a mid-card title, or what, does he go for the top title? Which is impossible at this yeah. point, because we all know where that's going. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, so. My final heel for Raw. If you listen to that show, I'm not a big Braun Strowman fan. I think he just is lame and boring. But enough already with this stupid spot. I called it, and it happened. It's when a gang of people attack Braun Strowman. Oh, God, yeah. And they attack him, beat him down to one knee. And all of a sudden, he pops up, and everyone goes flying. Enough with that. Big Show did it better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, enough. With it. Do it once. Do it twice. All right, get it. But doing every fucking week now. I get it. Stupid. Way too much time on Raw. Raw right. sucked this week. Let's go on the SmackDown. We're gonna cheers that Woman Summit and the subsequent interruption by the Iconics. I think all four women here worked well. Lana didn't talk that much because she doesn't mm-hmm. need to. She doesn't need to. No. I think all women held her own. Built this match for SmackDown anyway. And then you have the Iconics. I mean, they nailed this promo and. They stole the entire show with that, that promo. They're the annoying bullies, too. Yeah, and I'm a big Manny Rose fan. I think Manny Rose is the hottest thing going on for Oof. either show. But the Iconics, with their humor, with their annoyingness, it can't be topped. I think the Iconics are doing a very good job in being that annoying heel tag team duo. Exactly. Uh, they don't need to be using Money in the Bank as, as much. I think they have a brighter future down the road. But the if the Iconics are annoying you, they're doing their job. That's all I'm saying. They were talking about your fiance. He does not doesn't like the iconics. My fiance doesn't like the iconics for, because she finds them like you know as an equivalent to nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, if that's the case, ding 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 ding, good job, ding ding ding, yeah. good job to the iconics. You're doing a good job. You know, I'm also going to cheer. This is stupid. Last week I cheered this because it made me LOL. It was stupid. It was pointless, but it worked, and it, it made me LOL again this week. The new day and the Miz. Oh, that was perfect. The briefcase being full of pancakes and the Miz's reaction, Miz's overreaction. The Miz is a great foil for the New Day, and I hope this continues going on. Yeah, no, there's the, no, no other foil for the New Day has worked as well as the Miz because the Miz only can sell it; no, nobody else can. The New Day playing those mind games on who yeah. they're going to pick for their Money in the Bank competitor. Personally, I think it's going to be Biggie, okay. but you know, it, it it works great right now for the Miz. You you don't expect him to really succeed, but you know he might succeed. This Sunday, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how where how far this goes. But I definitely agree with you. That was a great, great match and great putting him in that referee situation. Yeah, with Samoa Joe and Rusev, perfect. It was great. That's all I got for SmackDown, though. Really, because SmackDown really wasn't delivering anything. You have any I will cheer the Daniel Bryan uh, Sheldon Benjamin match. You know, Good I match, think yeah. I think this could have been a great feud. You know, a long program. It had to been on a pay per view. I think that they, you know, gave us a glimpse of what these two guys could have done. I think Shelton Benjamin is the Daniel Bryan of his heyday. Okay. And Daniel Bryan right now is acting as to Shelton Benjamin. Samoa Joe eating that pin on Rusev. I think I'll wow. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna cheer that. Rusev is getting a little bit of momentum. Good. They're capitalizing on the fact that he's over. So good job on the WWE. I think it's a very good decision. Anything else for SmackDown? I'm going to heal the Nakamura Jeff Hardy match. I really? Think, yeah. Okay. I think that um, I understand the whole Nakamura, you know, doing a low blow and getting disqualification. I get it. Ugh. There's no need to have such a good match be showcased then 
when it could be showcased down the road when Nakamura no longer has a program. Or meaningful. Yeah. Right. Lucha Underground debuted this week. Now, I only watched like one episode, maybe mm-hmm. two episodes of season one because mm-hmm. I never know where it's airs or where it's going on. I lost and, track what episode I, I Yeah, I, I watched season four premiere and I totally forgot about the production value. Right. It, back then and today, this week, it gives me off that late night softcore porn vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, or so I've heard, Ma. I, I haven't watched any of that, Ma. Okay? So hear what I've heard. It's a dirtier, porn hubbier version of like yeah. ECW. It's like <laughs> I want to fast forward to the the porn to hear the fucking bad acting. Right. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy got this guy's father ordered a hit on this guy to take over Lucha Underground. Right. No. It's so crazy. Guy, so the guy did take over Lucha Underground and he moved it from the temple to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But now he held a Royal Rumble to kind of new champion, even though they had a champion already. Like what? Watch the champion come back like CM Punk did. Yeah. <laughs> he had a match with John Cena. <laughs> I probably won't watch it again. Even though they have Lucha, Johnny Lucha, Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, like you mentioned yeah. off air, changes his name depending on the location that he's located in. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Came for Johnny BCW. Yeah, can't wait. For yeah. your combination wrestling, you should get up on that. But what's the best about Lucha Underground, in my opinion, you know, it's only an hour. <laughs> I only got to waste an no, hour. No, listen. Man. They use the Sunday Night Heat formula. Yeah, thank they you. pack Which, in so analogy, much. Yeah. Same, they put in a, a, a best amount of shows, 10 minutes. You need that. 10 minutes is your segment. That's all you need to entertain people. And I wish WWE went back to that formula. You know I'm watching Impact. Right. You watching Impact at all? I have not given it a chance since 2010. Get back on it, man. Yeah. Impact is not that bad. Right. Let me quickly go through Impact. Cheers, Eddie Edwards, and his continuing downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in on this. The way he's portraying it, the way he's you know, the way he's selling it in the ring. I want to see where this goes because Eddie Edwards was a babyface. Sammy Callahan was the heel. Sammy Callahan is still a heel, but Eddie Edwards is still now like going crazy, right? In his revenge, in his conquest to quote unquote kill Sammy Callahan. A couple weeks ago, they had a unsanctioned street fight. Mm-hmm. Impact wouldn't sanction it, so they had it at House of Hardcore in Philadelphia. Okay, but Don Callis was uh, still announcing it, and he he had a quote that stuck out to me. It was like. At what point do you become the villain? Right. It's funny because now he has become the villain. That's interesting. Because Tommy Dreamer, his idol, his role model, his mm-hmm. mentor, trying to save him, and now he's turned on Tommy Dreamer. Interesting. So is he becoming a bad guy? Is this his heel turn? I'm nothing wanting more. I'm, no more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to cheers the return of the knockout Rebel. I Re- heard about that. That's interesting. Rebel came back to Impact this week. Whoa. She's a literal knockout. What do the kids say nowadays? Um, that ass, though. That ass. Oh. No, if you're following the show, religiously, you know I'm a big fan now of Eli Drake. Dummy! Yeah! It was Eli Drake against Moose for the number one contendership for the Impact Championship at Slammiversary. I didn't, even, I didn't think Eli Drake was still around. Okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's doing great things. All right. But yet, it wasn't live, quote-unquote right. live, at Impact Zone. Right. It was, again, at House of Hardcore in Philly. Hmm. Which was edited. So I didn't get to see the full match from beginning to end. I saw right. the match here and there, clips here and there. I'm like, kind of felt gypped. Mm-hmm. I want to see this match beginning to end, but I did not. So I'm going to heal that. But also, Jeff, we found out who the mystery attacker was. Who was this mystery I mean, attacker? we found out who it was. I don't know who he was because I don't know much about <laughs> these guys. <laughs> right. So to you, was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but apparently to my sources, he's been known as Killer Cross on the Indies. Really? No word on what he'll go by in Impact, but it's Killer Cross. If you know who he is, dialed up 619 343 Three zero zero five enlighten me because I don't know who this guy is. Maybe Killer Crocs alter. I don't yeah, maybe. yeah, I don't know. Thanks, my, DC. My ongoing saga with the GWN clip of the week. 
being way too long. This week, it reached a record low of three minutes and 20 seconds. Much better. Doing a good job. Jeff, a couple weeks ago, they had the clip of the week. It was seven minutes long, eight minutes long. It's not a clip. That's a fucking match. So what? They gave away a whole sample of GWN? They gave the last eight minutes of a match. (laughs) What the fuck kind of marketing is this? I don't see all that. Right. Give me the... Like WWE does clip in and out, boom, GWN boom, boom. or whoever controls this, just remember you are trying to get subscribers to pay for your service. Exactly. Not don't give away your shit. Thank you. My point exactly. But yeah. we're getting there. So we'll yeah. see what happens next week. But overall, I felt like when I was watching Impact, I felt like it was going so slow. I'm like, all right, so this happened, this happened, this happened. Right. But fuck, I'm only like 25 minutes into this show. There's so much left to go on. Right. Originally, I thought it was as a bad point. But then I, in the end, finishing watching the show, I'm going to cheers that because they did so much. Was such a little time. Right. They filled a lot in two hours. Mm-hmm. No, the segments didn't cut into commercials, did it? No. It was great. There you so, go. Man, I am thoroughly enjoying Impact as the weeks go by. So mm-hmm. if you're not in an Impact, get in on it now because it's only going up from here. Well, support all wrestling. I think that if you support Impact and you support ROH, you support Raw. anything. Raw is terrible <laughs> with three-hour bullshit. I get tired once you have a freaking match that goes like three segments long. Yeah. I tune out and I just start talking to my fiance. That's it. But, you know, support it. You know, clearly Impact is trying to get that old school raw kind of vibe. They're doing a great job, man. They, they so do. I'll probably get into it. I'll try to watch it this week. Let's get some ratings, Jeff. This week's Raw drew a 2.730, which is up 8% from last week's 2.25 million, which is one of the lowest Raws in history last week. Damn. Raw was number seven for the night in viewership behind Hannity, Tucker Carlson, the Ingram Angle, Fox News, The Story, Special Report, blah, 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 Fox News, Fox News, Fox News. Me reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> Raw was number two in the night, 18 to 49 demographic behind Love and Hip Hop. This week's SmackDown drew 2.183 million, which is up 2.1 from last week's 2.138 million. SmackDown is also up as well. But you know, in our hearts, SmackDown won. Absolutely. SmackDown was number nine in viewership for the night behind Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Inger, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? SmackDown was number one in viewership for the 18 to 49 demographic, which is great to hear. That's good. Impact this week drew 276,000, which is down 6% from last week's 296,000. I'm not going to fault him on that. Who the fuck has heard is Pop TV? Not me. That's, no what, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. So Impact ranked 125 in the cable top 150. Last week was 119. Hannity, Tyson Knight in viewership, and Jersey Shore was number one. This in is the The 49 demographic. Jeff, Jersey Shore came back this season for the family reunion. What the fuck? Viewers and fans <laughs> got to vote in the location. They picked Miami. Oh, my God. Why? So Why? The gang is all back people famous? for... Miami, the family reunion. Oh, God, this is so stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Get some go-home thoughts. Uh, Stephanie McMahon was on Undercover Boss this past Friday. Jeff, do you happen to catch that? I did not catch that. And to me, it's like, I'm a diehard wrestling fan, mm-hmm. as you are. She kind of looked exactly the same. <laughs> she did. <laughs> but during those uh, one-on-one interviews during the show, without her glasses, she does look different. Mm-hmm. They gave her higher cheekbones, a pointier chin, so she looks different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see how people not recognize her. Right. But how do you not recognize that voice? That's what I'm saying. She turned on a southern accent, but to me, it's like... Did she have an accent? She turned on a southern, a brief, okay. slight southern accent. Okay. How do you not recognize that voice? How do you, a die-hard wrestling fan, not know Stephanie's voice? Especially that big, beautiful smile she has. The teeth. Everything. Oh, man. You can tell. But yeah, it was, it was a very emotional... Of course, it painted W in a great light. Mm-hmm. Money in the Bank is happening this weekend, Jeff. I'm excited. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. I think Big Cass might go over this time. Just give I think he has rub. to to continue this feud, but yeah, it's Daniel Bryan. Big Cass coming in from an injury. Yeah, who's in that time? He needs that. He needs to win more than Daniel Bryan. That's true. Does. Good point. Yeah, uh, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I hope Bobby Lashley goes over. 
Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Nia Jax is going to retain. Not cleanly, by the way. Yeah, I think I agree. Because you can't have Ronda Rousey lose. No. But there is a chance she walks out with the belt, though. I don't think she walks out. By the way, the I, th- I read before they came to the studio, Ronda Rousey being inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame. WWE would love nothing more for her to show up to that event carrying the Raw Women's Championship. It could happen. So now I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense, but I think that WWE should stay the course. I think that if they're going to crown Ronda Rousey as a champion, I think she needs to earn it. I slow burn that. Carmella versus Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's a tough one for me. Carmella has to win here. I feel yeah. I feel like There's Carmella no has to win, but I I wouldn't be surprised if WWE tries to pull that Asuka crap. Hopefully Carmella wins, but I don't know, man. I have that that bad feeling that they may just pull the trigger on Asuka. Well, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the last man standing match for the WWE Championship. Unfortunately, I like I like both competitors, but I think AJ Styles is going to retain this t- this time. AJ has to win, especially going to be the, the cover artist for W2K19. Right. He has to win. Seth Rollins for the Lions for the IC Championship. I'm calling Rollins, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ember Moon, Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, Sasha Banks for the Money in the Bank for the Women's Championship contract. Calling two people. Unfortunately... I can see Ember Moon win it, winning it, but I also see Alexa Bliss winning it. Yeah, this is kind of tough for me. Yeah. I don't see SmackDown t- taking that one. Yeah, I don't see SmackDown winning either. I think Natalia deserves it, or yeah. Becky Lynch deserves it, but it's who should win, who would win. Right. I think Natalia or Becky Lynch deserves to win, but I think, like I said, it's going to be like Alexa Bliss or something. It's not going to be Charlotte. You know, it's definitely not going to be Charlotte. She's going out with surgery yeah. following this match, so... Right. Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and a member of the New Day in the Money in the Bank ladder match for a world championship contract. This is a tough one. Biggie will be the New Day per- representative. And no, it's not a tough one. How do you have a ladder match without Kobe Kingston? Uh, I don't think so. You need a powerhouse think, for that. But I think we know who's going to win this. I am calling The Miz as the winner of the Money in the Bank contract. I want to agree with you so bad. I really want to agree with you. I want the Miz or Rusev to win this. Right. But I'm going back to what, April? The greatest Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross, Byron Saxton, the other guy predicted Braun Strowman to win the Great Royal Rumble. Everybody did because it was predictable. Mm-hmm. This is Braun Strowman's match to lose, and he won it. Everyone thought he was going to win. He won. Right. Now I'm worried the fact that everyone's predicting him to win this again. This is his match to lose. Do they follow his suit? And give it to him again. I don't think a Braun Strowman loss in this match would affect him negatively. I think a Braun Strowman loss in the Greatest Royal Rumble would, wouldn't affect him negatively either. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. The crowd would still, still be behind Braun Strowman based on what Braun Strowman does. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to affect him negatively, but I think it's time for the Miz to shine once again. That's our thoughts. What are your thoughts? Dial it up six one nine three four three three zero zero five or a Shadow Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. Shadow Wrestling no a on Twitter. Once again, a reminder, we are hosting the Money in the Bank viewing party at the Crown Room on Bell Boulevard in Bayside, Queens. There's no cover. Food specials, drink specials, come out, hang out, share your thoughts and predictions with us. You going to be there? I uh, will be there uh, later into that night. So, All right, so we'll, we'll uh, have the results for you next week in episode 122. But we will also have an interview with the man who beat Eric Jaden at Summer on Smash, Eddie McQueen. Here's a preview. Hi, it's me, the fabulous Eddie McQueen here, and I'll be on next week's episode of A Shot of Wrestling. 
Looking forward to that. Sounds like a great interview. You know, it was also Pride Month here. June is Pride Month. Yes, it is. So happy Pride Month to all those celebrate. And to those of you who do not celebrate Pride Month, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. We here at Ashana Wrestling are all encompassing, all loving, except all, serve all. Wrestling brings people together. And it does. No matter your race, creed, color, or sexual orientation. Love is love. There was a good quote I read online. And I quote, I hate the word homophobia. Because what are you scared of gay people? No, you're not. You're just an asshole. Mm. Phobia means a fear of something. There's no fear of gay people. You're just a fucking asshole. You are correct. Like you said, shape, size, religion, color. Everyone's beautiful. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. So happy Pride Month to those of you who are celebrating. This makes you think that like people have to... There are kids who are committing suicide because of what people think. They don't feel it's like they come shame. out. It's a real shame. I mean, to those people who feel like they're bullied or whatever, just remember, there are people out there who are willing to help and willing to listen. So don't be afraid to talk to someone who you trust. Uh, don't think you're alone. Even if it's a stranger, like talk to someone before you do anything that, you know, will have very negative impacts, not only for you, but for everybody. And, you know, life is what you make of it. You know, at the end of every dark tunnel, there is light. The good times are going to come. I'm telling you. Love him or hate him. John Cena says, rise above, never give up. So never... Has it been more evident in this situation? So, or like Brock Lesnar. Happy Pride Month, true. ladies and gentlemen, or however you would identify yourself. We just assume you're wrestling identity. So that's it for episode 121. Jeff, thanks for coming around. No problem. I'm glad I'm here, and I'm glad to be in the future episodes too. Where can people find you on in social media? At WWE Vacant 316 through all platforms: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So make sure you follow him. Make sure you follow me at MockJPuddy on Twitter and Instagram. Shadow Wrestling No A on Twitter. A Shadow Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. And you know what? Well, the show is for the fans. For the fans. So get involved in the conversation. Your thoughts, your questions, your comments can be read on a future episode. So get involved. So for the agreed man, for the beautiful and talented Mercedes Martinez. I love you, Mercedes. For Jeff, vacant 316. I have been your host at MockJPuddy. Until next week, Putty out. All right, everybody, we have made it to my favorite part of the episode. It's Last Call, and we have the Latina sensation still here with us, Mercedes Martinez. Now, Mercedes, this is how you play. I'm going to ask rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes out of your head is the first thing that you should answer. Are you ready? Oh, man. Yep, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. (laughs) What is your favorite song? My favorite song at the moment is Probably uh, Notorious B.I.G. Other than wrestling, <laughs> what is your favorite sport? Basketball. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be Bret Hart. Nice. Uh, who has been your toughest opponent? Uh, Lou Sisto. What is the worst job you've ever had? Oh, man, uh, doing roofing. Which was your favorite WrestleMania? Oh, my goodness. Um that I, I don't know if I can answer that one because there's so many memories I've had with each WrestleMania. So I'm not I'm going to keep that one to myself just because I can't just pinpoint to just one. <laughs> okay, no worries. Uh, who is your celebrity crush? Oh, man, that would have to be probably at this moment, Michelle Rodriguez. I have a girl crush. Nice. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite snack? Any uh, Chocolate chip cookies. And finally, where's the one place that you want to travel in this upcoming year? I'm going to go to Hawaii. Awesome. Well, that is it. You've survived last call. Thank you so much for joining us on A Shot of Wrestling.
Anytime. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.